talk. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Tea Time with Lens. You can hear my toddler in the background because he won't nap, so huzzah! Huzzah, huzzah, huzzah. This is the wonderful world of motherhood and trying to do something. Hooray. Gotta love it. Anyway, thank you, Pro the Passenger, for the intro and outro music. You guys, as always, rock! Um, today's guest is Jill Penfold. We have never met, but I feel like she is my sister. I absolutely, after speaking to her as well today for the first time, voice to voice, just adore her. Jill, you are, oh my goodness, love, 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 all the loves, all the loves. I have to say as well with this episode, I felt like it resonated a lot with me because I've had people... I mean, you're going to hear the stories that Jill tells, but I've had people who have been just not nice in life as well. We all have. We've all had, there's always that one person, two people, how many people who have like been very negative towards what we're doing. And words are really, words carry weight. And I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Guys, just don't be fucking dicks. Words they mean something to people and Jill's story literally like breaks my fucking heart because of somebody's words and I just it really it really bothers me and it shouldn't it shouldn't be like this so use your words wisely don't be dicks I've had people tell me that I should maybe stop acting and go into producing why why would you say that to somebody um I've ended friendships from people's negative words because why have that negativity in your life surround yourself with positive people people who love you people who are going to nurture you and just seriously think about what you say to others because like I said Jill's story just breaks my heart but she's back on track so huzzah 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 all right you can follow Jill on Instagram and Twitter at Jill Penfold. Without further ado, here is the lovely Jill Penfold. Enjoy. Oh, and one more thing. Um, after we finished recording the podcast, I gave a book suggestion to Jill, and it is Patrick Tucker's The Secrets of Screen Acting. And it it's just an amazing book. You can get your hands on a copy. Would highly recommend. I have the third edition. Not sure how many editions there are. But it's just, it's kind of changed my outlook on just, cha- just, just read it, just read it. Anyway, Jill Penfold, everybody. Welcome to the show, Jill. How are oh, you doing? I'm all right. It's 70, uh, 70 odd degrees today in the UK. I'm in a, sh- a strappy sub <laughs> from Target in neon orange. Target, um, oh gosh, Target. I know, I do miss it terribly. But I've got Primark, so, you know, it's not all bad. It's not all bad. But, yeah, apart from um, that, It's so funny because I feel like I've spoken about you in about three different episodes because we've had, Cassie, like, all these probably. different... Cassie, Charlie. Charlie. God, love my Charlie. John Craggs. Love my John. What about Gabrielle? Gabriella? I uh, haven't had her on yet. She'd be a good one. She's a firecracker, isn't she? Of course she is. <laughs> She's great. Yeah, just waiting for her to come on. So no, you did one with John. Yeah, it was, uh, I think, number four or five. Very early on. Very early on. I love John. 
Oh, so nice. So nice. One of the nicest humans on the planet and always got time for you. If you're like, John, I'm in a deep, dark hole. And he's like, okay, you're going to be all right. <laughs> yeah no honestly he was such it was such a pleasure to talk to yeah he's one of those guys that you just want him to succeed i mean he just does so much for everybody else on yeah. support british that you you just want him to book that massive role and for his life to just totally take off and he can just live his dreams he will yeah. he will i just i just hope that for him more over a lot of people because he just does so much for all of us he really does and it's just so it's just so nice it's just such yeah. a nice guy you know yeah so really 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 quickly because mm-hmm. i was looking at your website and your websites and all imdbs and all, all that jazz all all the sites i was looking at all the sites yeah. wait so you grew up in essex where in essex south end where in south end um gosh well I was okay so I was born in Romford okay I lived in Dagenham Dagenham then we moved (laughs) I I was about four we moved to Westcliff-on-Sea where I went to school at Earls Hall and then you know I'm from Westcliff no (laughs) that's why when I saw your blank one of your sites where it says you were a beautician or something in South End I'm like well I was born in Thurrock in Grace and then we moved to Westcliff when I was three so I lived right next to Chalkwell Park no way what school did you go to um St Helens for primary school right which is I don't know if you know where Milton Hall is oh yeah and then St Bernard's for St Berthwaite's (laughs) (laughs) for secondary school so where did you go for secondary school Cecil Jones. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so we went, we went Westcliff, we moved from Westcliff to Thorpe Bay. Yeah, nice, and nice. Then, yeah, very, very nice. I, and then I went to Cecil Jones there. And then um, my uh, my mum met my stepdad and we moved to Southwood and Ferrers in Chelmsford. And I went yep. to William de Ferrers for the rest of, but then I came back and I went to South End College. Oh, yeah. That's do beauty for two years i actually i'd actually i applied to do um drama at south end college mm-hmm. but because i did i did trampolining at a competition ish level and gymnastics and running i was got an automatic a in my gcses and i couldn't take pe and drama so um, I took PE so I could get an A, otherwise yeah. it would have been a total failure. Um, <laughs> I got into the drama, uh, the drama program at South End College, and then after thinking about it, my stepdad was kind of like, "I think you should get yourself a trade that you know you can learn." And I said, "Yeah, yeah." And so I did beauty for two years. I loved it, but I worked in the McDonald's on South End High Street. Which one? The one at the top or the bottom? The big one, but down by the, where the Royals used to be. Yeah, I used to have, have birthday parties there. Of course, upstairs with the yeah. big pirate yeah. ship. So did yeah. we. Like, oh, I know the world was so small. And that's really funny because um, my sister and my brother worked in the McDonald's on the other side of the high street. Who? What's your brother's and your sister's name? Uh, my sister's Christina Bartlett and my brother right. was Jamie Bartlett. He got fired because he gobbed in somebody's burger and got caught oh, <laughs> my brother worked at the little one and one year he won a part-timer of the year 
Oh my gosh. I'm sure well, bet our paths have crossed. See, it's just funny because when I saw I, I honestly it kind of like gave me a little heebie jeebies. I was just like, this is so weird. Because I feel like our paths are crossed so much here, just like yeah. through different people. Because obviously when you get to LA, your circles become so small and you just everybody knows each other. Even if they yeah. haven't met, they're just like, Oh, I know who that person is. Yeah. And I just feel like that's happened so many times with me. I'm like, fucking hell, Jill knows everybody. <laughs> Not really. I like to, um, I do, yeah, I, I feel like I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends that know a lot of people. Uh-huh. So I have like a small, small circle. And then I get kind of lucky where I, I directed that film that Charlie was in. Yeah. One. And, I thought that was good. That was yeah. Good. It, it, it's, um, it was a good film. It, it had more to the story that we kind of lost a little bit through the edit, which uh, just through feedback. I, and I love Jenny because I went to Strasbourg with Jenny who wrote it and mm-hmm. Charlie was great to work with. And, and that's where I met Gabby and Cassie. Mm-hmm. They were both in it. So I don't really go out of my way to like network per se, but they just kind of fall into my life and then they stay. Cause yeah. I'm really like, I like, I love having the people that are in my life. I, they're my friends. I'm the same way because I'm shit networking. Oh, are you? Yeah. Well, I just, I don't know. I just like the the fake networking. Do you know what I mean? No, I can't. I can't I'm just, I can't do it. do it. Yeah. I've done it a couple of times. There have been a couple of parties I've been to, and I've just walked in there and I've gone, "Why am I even here?" Because it's just <laughs> <laughs> fake networking. Um, for me, if it starts to, if I'm, if I'm literally there to meet a director or a writer, I'll do what I've got to go just to say, hey, my name's Jill. Here's my business card. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, and then normally I'll just leave because it's just so pretentious and I feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. So yeah, we um, and I saw Cassie did one of yours. I love Cassie. When she walked in, I was like, that's no way. That's her American accent. And I said to Jenny, I was like, is she, is she American? And she was like, no. I was like. Because oh, she's so good at the, the US accent, I could, and then she slipped out. But I was like, oh, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> accent goals for sure. Yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah, she's bad. Yeah, her, Cassie, Charlie, we were all in Gabby's class together. Yeah, do you, then, still do, you still do um, accent class? I do still do it with Gabby when I need to, like for that co star, I did call her up. And we had like a couple of sessions. Did you do that in an American accent? It was, yeah. I mean, it was just, I wasn't even sure if I was going to say the line because there wasn't actually a line. But in the audition, they said just improv a line. So I had a line improv that I did for the audition, changed the name because obviously they changed the name in the script, the audition script. But then when it came to it, they just wanted me to say a different line, which was totally fine. Yeah. But it was just, it was just funny. So yeah, but Gabby... I haven't taken her because um, I was in the Monday class for a long time. But when yeah. COVID hit, it was just really hard. I dropped out. I was in the. I was with her for not very long, but I used to really love the group. Yeah, I really enjoyed just being forced because I, I every time my personal training clients would be like, "Oh, do an American accent," and I'd be like, "Okay, what do you want me to say?" And that was like that was me like peacocking. And then they yeah. go say anything. I'm like, well, "I just said, what do you want me to say?" <laughs> and then they'd just pill, like literally just fall around the floor laughing and I'd be like is it that bad they're like no it just seems weird you talking in an American accent so I kind of lost my confidence with it uh, yeah I'm the exact same way we're going to talk about this right now because oh my goodness 
it's so weird because but with the co-star role I couldn't I was so in my head because I've had the same experience where people have just started laughing yeah and it's not because like a, a couple of people are just fucking dicks because there are people who are dicks yeah and yeah. they're and they don't people get it. they you, don't you, get it like you're laughing at me you're not laughing with me you're actually standing there laughing at me and yeah then you think oh I just won't I'll just want to try again because it's so embarrassing. It really is. And it's really hurtful as well. So I have yeah. had a few people who, but they're just horrible people in general. And they've like kind of scarred me and a couple of my other friends. Right. Because um, I have a friend who's Mexican, who's a director, and we all work together. And because his English, his English is fantastic, but mm -hmm. obviously it's his second language. And she would just rip him all the time. And I'm like, so rude. Yeah. So rude. But, so rude so rude so there's people like that who are just mean and then there are people like what you were saying they're laughing because they're just like oh it's just so weird hearing it on you yeah but you're still like it doesn't help that doesn't help me like it doesn't help that people so sometimes i think that people don't realize that just by going oh that's actually pretty good if for instance i've helped a lot of my friends um, there's an actress called Ashley Bell, who is, um, Michael Bell is a voiceover coach and he did like Transformers, uh, G.I. Joe, Rugrats, he does all of those. And I trained with him, he's super expensive. I couldn't break out of my comfort zone. He'd be like, okay, we're going to do like a 10 year old schoolgirl who's got braces. And I just want you to just kind of improv it. And I just didn't know placement. I didn't know. Like, I didn't have the confidence, mm -hmm. but I kept going with him. And then in, eventually we started to kind of get it together. And then his daughter said to me, will you help me with my British accent? So a couple of movies she did, I actually helped her with her English accent. And even though it wasn't brilliant, I would never go, oh, my God, I just can't. I was just like, OK, it's OK. Here's what I want you to think about when you're saying these words, because we we say things in a different way way or a different rhythm i would never dream of laughing at anyone when they're yeah, trying awful. to learn something new it's really awful it's so disheartening as well but when so going looping back to the co-star thing like when i had to change the line to a different line i had this girl in my head and i was just like and then i started getting the imposter syndrome oh, and then no. i was and then i was just like oh my god and then i then i just had to snap out of it and i'm like shut the fuck up yeah yeah just do yeah. it but people really it's really I find that really just rude and awful. It's unnecessary. When it's we're all, so unnecessary. Especially when you're somebody who classes themselves as either an artist or a creative person or, you know, you've chosen this path of, to entertain and storytell. And we're basically people that just pretend to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. And when somebody's like, yeah, you're not really good at that, it takes away that creativity, that freedom to just kind of let go. It makes yeah. you, like you said, you get you get that voice in your head, and you, you're you're saying your lines, and in your head, someone's going, "You just sound shit," yeah. and everybody's going to know that you're not American. It's so awful. So I do I do remember my first couple of classes with Gabby. I hardly spoke a single word because I was also in like yeah. there was a lot of um, people in there who just kind of I want to say like veterans at this, you know. Yeah. So I felt and they're, and they're and so I, relaxed. Yeah, and so it took me like a couple of sessions, and then I was just like, you know what, just fucking do it, and that really, it really did help my confidence. Yeah. Anyways, so back to South End. So you're at South End College doing beautician. When yeah. what? Because obviously you you do your workout videos as well, which are incredible. So you've yeah. got you you're like I feel like 
you're the Jill of all trades. I've <laughs> <laughs> heard that one before. Yeah, uh, I guess so. I think I did. So I left uh, beauty school and my mum and I, we opened a little beauty salon in Leon C. Oh, lovely. Yeah, big Broadway. There was oh my a gosh. we. Mum, my mum had a tea shop called Terracotta Tea Rooms down one end, and I had the figure firm up the other end. And I had that for a couple of years. Um, well, while, while I was busy getting drunk at Tots. Tots. <laughs> I was a pink uh, toothbrush girl. My sister used to go to Tots though. Oh really? Oh, oh yeah. So we 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 go to Tots or we go to Adlib. But my dad had a pink shop. <laughs> On South End Seafront, called Pizzarama, right next to Disneyland, opposite the Curzel, for oh my, my whole life. And then, and then he owned the uh, fish and chip shop called the Ye Old Chippy, round the corner. <laughs> anyway, my whole life is basically South End until I left. I went on the cruise ships for four years. Uh huh. And I worked in the uh, spa, and then I worked in the casino behind the cash desk. Yeah, I left. And I decided I needed to be an actress. I was like, that's it, I'm done. I'm going to I'm gonna go home. And I went home, tried to audition at all these different places. Mm-hmm. Learned. Mum and I were like, oh, so we'll buy some um, drama books and we'll figure out this drama malarkey. I was like, okay. I learned a monologue and I went to the Oxford School of Drama. They charge you to audition a lot of money, which I think is bang out of order. So oh, it's gone it, up. It's, it was £35 to mm-hmm. just audition yeah I went to Oxford I remember I was late I was late because I got all the directions wrong and I'm not somebody that's late and I stood there and I did my monologue which was I got it so wrong it was Oberon out of Midsummer Night's Dream why would I choose an an old man that's a fairy to do (laughs) so little I knew and he said um so you need to go away learn how to act and come back I was like isn't that what I'm here to learn so Hence to say, I never went back. And then I went to Birmingham Theatre School and I got in and I studied there for two years. And I loved it. It was it was full time. At the same time, I worked at the Birmingham um, Rep and I was a ticket tearer. And I used to watch all the shows and I just would just stand there and I would just watch everybody on stage. I'd be like, one day I'll be Dorothy in Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then I did a load of tours, did some Shakespeare, did some TIE. Who hasn't done TIE? Who hasn't done it? And then I did um, the Mr. Men national tour where I played Mr. Bump. Love him. And uh, and then I was like, I want to go and study TV and film. So I auditioned to Strasbourg on mm-hmm. Santa Monica and Fairfax, and I got in there. Fantastic. Yeah. So you moved over, I feel like it was... Around the same time that I moved over, maybe a bit before, 2007, 2008? 2008, 2009. Yeah, okay. Around that time, yeah. And, yeah, I lived in a hostel while I was at Strasbourg. Oh, shit, how was that? Rough. Really rough. So I'd ran out of money and I said to the owner, not the owner, the, the manager, I said, is there any way that, you know, you can offer like a, work for a bed type deal and he was like yeah he said you know one of the we need a new cleaner so I cleaned toilets in the in the hostel dormitories I'd clean the toilets and then I'd go to Strasbourg for the day it was rough it's rough but you know what it's stuff like that yeah I just gotta fucking do it Mm -hmm. 
you know what I mean? And it's so funny because people will turn their nose up at that. Oh God! If you like... if you can't afford, if you can't afford, what what else have I got? Go home. Mm-hmm. And it also the, the toilets because we cleaned them every day, they didn't get a chance to get dirty. Yeah. And because of my cruise ship days, which we had to clean our spot, our rooms, our treatment rooms after every day. Oh, I was clean machine. And I do, I do the rooms, vacuum, clean the bathroom, clean the showers, out the door, off to Strasbourg. And I did a lot of, um, that's why I started film fighting and stunt work and stuff. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. It's like I worked at UCB, at Bright Citizens Brigade, for a year, like interning. So you intern and you get free classes. I and that's, that. a, that's, a, that's a process in its fucking self just to get that job. Um, yeah. But cleaning the toilets... Do you know what? It was so funny. All of us were so happy cleaning the toilets there. Because we're like... I never went to UCB. I wish I had have done. I went to Groundlings for for a while. I went there too. I just couldn't break that. I kept getting into intermediate and I just couldn't break it. Just couldn't. Yeah, it was the same. It was so weird. I I only did intermediate once. I did basic a couple of times. Yeah. And then I got to intermediate and I was like, you know what? Because I was at UCB at the same time. And I was just, yeah. like, I just saw how the machine worked at Groundlings. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know what? It's not for me. Like, I loved my class. Yeah. But also, with the teacher I had for Groundlings. Who'd you have? I can't say her last name because I can't okay. pronounce it, but Karen. Oh, yeah. Well, no wonder you just. <laughs> she, hate, she, she hated me. We didn't even. It was like a flat out, like, no. And I was like, I can't, I just, you know, you just can't do anything right. And you're like, yeah. like, why does it have to be your sense of humour? Why have I got to make you laugh? The whole class is laughing. Why has it got to make you laugh in order for this to be a successful character, a successful storyline or, you know, short form, long form? Just because you don't find me funny doesn't mean this isn't funny. Yeah, it's it's so weird because I remember walking out on stage one time and I literally hadn't done, I think I'd taken two steps. No, go back. It's like, <laughs> fucking haven't done anything, love. I've just taken two fucking steps. Oh, God, no. And it's so hard. You're just like, just just, just teach me. I'm, I'm here for you to teach me. Yeah. I'm not a finished product yet. Just help me learn so that I can yeah. do this on my own. Yeah, I should have. I should have um, I should have given UCB a try, but it was just... It's a lot, though, because there's so many places, so many classes, so many this, that, and the other. Like, it gets overwhelming. Cause I and remember, you can yeah. run out of money. It's yes. not... These, people think these places are free. It's like $500 a term. Yeah. And you're like, how many terms have I got to do before I can actually put this on my CV or resume and be like, okay, I went to Groundlings. How, how, what is it? One, ten? It's, it's fucking nuts. But going back to Karen, because I, I actually did like her as a teacher. It took me halfway through to actually like kind of like her. But the first, she was very hard. But, um, I'd heard stories about her because when my beginner t shirt teacher saw that I heard her, she walked past me like, good luck, have fun. (gasps) But apparently, um, the groundlings were actually doing a show, like a, a sh- actual show with paying people and audience, and she was directing. And apparently, she would just scream at the the players on stage while a show oh. was going on, like in front of everybody. Could you imagine? I don't know. Like, I can't remember who who told me that. Jesus. 
Start. I met a lot of my good friends at Groundlings. My 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 real good friend Jason, who he's just we met at Groundlings in in class, and he's just brilliant at it. I can throw anything at Jason if we're doing like a little improv thing. One day I said to him, I said, oh, I want to intru- in- uh, interview you as if you're Frankenstein. And we just sat there and I just said, so, Frankenstein. He's like, actually, I'm not Frankenstein. I'm Frankenstein's monster. Um, I'm like, so how is it being dead? He's like, I don't identify as being dead. And he's just, he's just got it. He's just, yeah. I just absorb all of it. Mm-hmm. But then you just go, I'll never be that good. He's good. Yeah. But a lot of my friends who I met at Groundings, I have that really quick sense of humor that real like sharp yeah they're just clever clever people but that's I feel like that's why classes are really valuable because you do meet your crew of people yeah I've met some really good people at Groundlings and UCB who I'm still Mm. really good friends with and 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 acting school Strasbourg um I met a lot of I met a lot of great people unfortunately I think I had a bit of a blip. We, um, not a lot of people know this, so I'll, I'll let you into this. We, we had a little improv troupe. There was about four or five of us. Mm-hmm. We called ourselves the Jetson Lounge because we would rehearse on uh, the Coanga Pass. There was um, the Buena Vista Studios, but there's a, it was now an apartment building. And in there was a, like a cinema called the Jetson Lounge. So, we called ourselves, that's where we used to rehearse because our friend lived there. And Ian Gary, who's a really good friend of mine, he was our teacher. And we got a, we went to the Improv Olympics at Second City. Mm-hmm. And if you do, we do a show every Friday night, you bring your own audience and you go up against another team. And whoever the audience choose to win, go through to the next week. If you do that consecutively for six months, you get your own show. Oh, sure. We were about two shows from winning the six months. We were like... Got, we were on a roll. I was, in my opinion, I said to them a couple of times during rehearsals, guys, I'm struggling a little bit. I'm, I, I can't kind of keep up. And anyway, they were like, don't worry about it. It's fine. Let's just keep going. So we were just about to do, we were about to go to um, do a show. And a guy that was my room, my flatmate, my apartment, uh, the guy who lived in my apartment, he said, so we've had a discussion and uh, we've decided that you're the weakest link in the team. <clears throat> Literally, I'm about to leave 15 minutes before I'm about to leave to go to Second City. And I said, well, I'm sorry. I said, I'm, I don't, I, I'm confused. I don't understand. He said, yeah, we've all had a, I said, so you've all, including Jason, you've all had a meeting and you've decided that I'm not funny enough to be part of Jetson Lounge. He was like, that's right. I said, okay. I said, no worries. I said, well, why don't you guys go ahead and finish up the six months and, and give me a break, win it. He went to... I didn't go. I, I was like, I'm out. He went to Second City and Jason was like, where's Jill? And he said, oh, Jill's decided after our conversation that she doesn't want to be part. And Jason's like, what conversation? What did you tell her? Anyway, he called me and I was like, oh, Shoni told me about your meeting, you motherfucker. He told me that you guys think I'm the weakest. He said that meeting never happened. Oh my that God. was a lie. So none of them went on and that was it. It was over. And I didn't act again for, hmm six years that's awful I totally quit I lost all my confidence I went all I literally put all of my effort into fitness hence why I was doing a little bit of you know body doubling and stunt work 
but my actual job was I was a manager of a CrossFit gym in Echo Park. But I'd thrown it all in, all those years of training, leaving the cruise ships, leaving a, a, I had a, a, you know, a life in South Africa with a guy, and I left that and came home to train, and I'd done all this. And this one comment had just totally shattered everything I'd worked for. Oh, my God, and, I kind of want to cry right now. That's so awful. Yeah, it was quite, it was a dig because I, I, I felt like I was struggling and I could, all I needed was to. And you said you were struggling as well. Yeah, but I, I just, I just, that was it. I never went back to groundlings. I didn't do, I didn't go back on stage. I did all my stunt stuff. I was still boxing at wildcard. I was still doing like body doubling and stuff like that. And then. I just literally became a personal trainer full time, 10 clients a day. I was just working, working, working. People would be like, oh, aren't you an actress? I'd be like, no, I used to be. And then one day I was at the gym training my clients and the boss came over and he said, oh, we've got a new client for you. Uh, her name's Alison Horn. And I said, okay. And he said, she's, uh, she's in, the, in the biz, so you'll have lots to talk about. So anyway, I started training Alison Horn, who's a commercial casting director in LA, and she just changed my life overnight. I said to her, it was good. I was training her for about six months, and then one day I was like, that's it. I messaged her, I said, Alison, I've decided to go back to acting. That's it. And she was like, right. She contacted Maverick, the Mavericks, the agency, and the very first audition I got, I booked a Home Depot commercial, and she would just call me in all the time. And she just had so much faith in me. And yeah. so much, she was just like, you're just going to have, she was like coming for my Christmas present. She gave me her commercial casting workshop. Oh, she was so like, nice. okay, this is, she was like, you need to get like back into it. And then I just, I just, she was just put in my path because she was so like, what do you need? I was like, I have no idea. I don't even know where, I don't even know how to act anymore. But yeah. That is so... Oh, see, this is the thing, and this is what pisses me off. Because I, I know people in England, especially, are just like, "Oh, LA people are so fake." This and the other, blah 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 blah. And what happened with your quote-unquote friend who told mm. you about that improv stuff? That yeah. is the dark side of LA, yeah. and there are people like that. There are people like that. That's, and I've seen it firsthand. There are people that apparently. You know, what recent conversations with Jason, I said, oh, yeah, let's just revisit that very quickly. He said, actually, he said, the problem was is that... But are you still friends with him? No. Okay. Jason. Jason, okay. my ground okay. he, Gotcha, gotcha. He said the weird thing was is that they'd actually had a brief conversation about the fact that this guy that had said to me mm -hmm. that I was the weakest thing, they'd actually had a conversation that he wasn't holding up his end of the bargain and they were going to have a chat to him about that and see what's going on. So he got really scared, and he, just yeah. But so yeah, there are those people who are just in it for themselves, mm -hmm. don't give a shit about other people's feelings, and this and the other. But then on the flip side of that, there are people like Alison who yeah. change your life in seconds. Alison and Maya, who works with Alison, um, they were my personal training clients, and when you're a personal trainer, you 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 learn things about people and you go through this journey with them because you know you're seeing them at their most vulnerable because I I push in my sessions I'll push you as hard as you want to go you tell me what you want to do and I will do my best to help you get to what you want to do some people 
some people would just come to sessions as like therapy. Mm-hmm. They didn't really want to really like lift or bulk or tone or sculpt. They just wanted to get a good sweat on, get their heart rate up. They can go out and have pasta and wine and they feel okay about that. And that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you, I, a lot of my clients were industry people and they they just took me in and just were like, right, well, what do you need? I was like, oh gosh um just like some people would just send me I used to train a a woman most of my clients were brides which hence I came up with LA bride body Mm -hmm. um so you're preparing these women for the biggest day of their life trying to not make them starve themselves so that they can actually enjoy yeah day and I really love that but at the end of the day fitness is a big part of my life but there is a huge hole missing in my life and that is being a working actor yeah I just I feel so like I've had very similar experiences but not to that extent and that just it 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 breaks my heart because I just I just yeah and at the time you just think oh well what's it why why did I leave my family then why did I leave everybody I'm living here on my own yeah working you know paycheck to paycheck trying to find stunt jobs and all of a sudden I'm told just give it up because you're shit yeah and you you do that problem my biggest problem was that I did I listened I shouldn't have listened I should have had a you know the weekend off felt sorry for myself and then gone straight back into class and realized that I've come a long way and, but you know what? You have to give yourself a break because it happened. Mm-hmm. You did take a big break. You're a sensitive human being because you're, actors are so sensitive. Like so we sensitive. are. We, yeah. like, it's just the nature of the game. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I implore it because I'm just like, I'm missensitive. And I'm yeah. just like, well, that's what we need. We need to be sensitive. Yeah. But also just like... So it's definitely it's definitely hard to not take that stuff on. At the yeah. same time, I'm like, you have to give yourself a break because that was a really fucking hard thing for that person to say because it's just so rude. It's just, I'm so mad at that person because they don't even know the damage they've done. But no. you know what? You're doing it now. Exactly. And you have to just, I always just think that timing is everything. And you've mm-hmm. now made these really cool connections with these yeah. people like casting people yeah that's the important thing and you're, yeah. and also, you're doing it now you haven't given up no and even though I've left I've left LA I mean the pandemic hit me hard because my full-time income was personal training so I lost all of that the gym shut my clients who are I had a few celebrity clients um and they just would I was just like should we do zoom and they said I don't want to do zoom sessions yeah and I, I literally couldn't afford, if I'd have stayed, the price of apartments in Los Angeles. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, I was paying 1800 for a one-bedroom apartment, just rent. Yeah. That doesn't include the $80 for bill, the, uh, the $80 for phone bills, the, you know, $75 spectrum bill, my car, and the car insurance in Los Angeles is like yeah. $200 a month. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I could stay here, stick it out and just try or pack it up, put everything in storage 
come home and support my family because they were in the same situation. They ran a car business and there was nobody going to the airport. So their business completely shut down. Yeah, it's been a year of kind of hurry up and wait for me. Yeah. And luckily I had some savings to fall back on and um, I did a, I went on to tell the truth, which was like a game show out in the States. Mm-hmm. Get some little residuals from that. $60 here, $60 there. So yeah. that's quite <laughs> And like, I still have my, I have about six or seven uh, training clients over Zoom. Yeah. And they work out with me two or three times a week. So I've got stuff going on, but I feel like the industry's still opening back up now. It is. Yeah. So... It feels good that I'm seeing spotlight is like more and more things are showing up. Um, I did I did uh, apply for a, a part and I got an email last night. We'd like you to um, audition for this role. And I said, can you get it in by Thursday evening? We're shooting in Manhattan. It's ultra, ultra low budget SAG. I was like, okay, that's fine. I was like, if you can send me the sides, I'll, I'll take a look at it. And it's like five monologue pages of lines I'm like how am I whoops I've said yes I'll I'll give it a shot sometimes I'm just like maybe I should have just said no I should have found character just have the um the sides by the camera like have some have some in your hand yeah and then have as many as you can prop up it's heavy dialogue it's a funny it's a comedy character but um yeah have as many as in front of you because they're not gonna know if you keep your eye line up and you have the sides up. True. True. Just got to cheat it. Cheat, cheat it. it. And so how are things with you? How are things after your co-star? Have you got any other things? Um, so my agent's not going to send me out until after baby. But I'm just When's like, baby being born? August. So Summer not, baby. Yeah, so not very long at all. Um, yeah. But I'm like, you know what? I'm just, my whole plan was to have baby, get body back yeah reset new headshots get some new scenes from a demo all that jazz yeah and do that whole schlep of looking yeah. again which you know what i'm like it's fine it is what, what it about is, but... um, uh, zach british american um i've emailed him over the years so did i like fa- five times and i met it's so funny i had um so random i met with a casting director for lunch Mm-hmm. I can't remember uh, Billy. Can't remember his last name. I have it written down. And when we were at lunch, he was talking to me about like what I want, who I want to be like signed with. And I gave him a list of like six people, like six managers, six mm-hmm. whatever. And he was on the list. And the ne- very next day, I went to like drop off my stuff because he was like, "Oh, Zach, we'll meet with you at one." But it was like a very quick like I gave him my headshots and stuff. But he was very yeah. awkward and just like. I just, I just was like, oh, I don't think he likes me very much. <laughs> and I just got this vibe. But then I spoke to Cassie and she was like, no, that's just the way he is. Yeah. And I was like, oh. I wrote to, I think I wrote to him about two or three times. And then Cassie said, oh, because I would just write into British American. And then she said, I'll write to Zach. And I said, okay. And I wrote to him. And then when I came out to LA, I had a meeting with him. And um, yeah, I, it, it's difficult signing with a new agent now because it takes forever to like, start the wheels turning it really for me I just feel like it takes like I don't think I with Maverick I I don't think I actually ever went out then I was with 90210 didn't go out once did not even get 
an audition, a self-tape. I got that NCIS. Remember that at the beginning of the pandemic? Everybody did that NCIS oh, self-tape. Yes, I did that. Yeah, I did that. And I, when I got it through, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, God, this is amazing. And then I was like, oh, it's an open call. It's like, it's like there's going to be like 10,000 people going for this. And it's yeah. because of my stunt background, because I, you know, I handle weapons and I love anything to do with like cops. And like my favourite TV show is 24 Hours in Police Custody, which is a British. And I just love all of that real life, like bulletproof jackets. And You need to like, contact um, Leapy. So I did... Go into my podcast and go yeah. and find Leapy Kim because she's a stunt okay. woman and she right. works on the rookie a lot. And so contact her. She's so yeah. nice. Yeah, Tell I'd her. love. Yeah, because you're going to be doing this again, Jill. And it just, I just, it's so funny because like, it's so weird. This is going to sound weird. But as soon as I saw you're from South End, I was just like, I knew I liked her. I knew I liked her. <laughs> yeah, it's just through Charlie, through Cassie, through Gabby. That I just like know who you are, and through John, and so I'm just like, right. but it's just so funny because I'm always just like every time I see a video of you, like you're doing your workout video or like you're plugging yourself, I'm just like this woman has she's like brassy, you know, she's like doing it. Real South End. I just, I'm the acting for me is such a burning passion. I I started doing uh, news reports. I must have been, I was first started using the video camera when I was about 11. Mm -hmm. And my uncle would always have a massive one. You know, remember those big ones? That, that yes. <laughs> on their shoulder. And, um, and then I used to write my own TV shows, which would be a news report. Uh -huh. um, I was about 13 and I used to stand on the drive and I'd have both brothers, one holding a script up, one of them was filming, and I'd be like, welcome to the show, everyone. This is Jill <laughs> reporting the weather on the driveway. And I just, I said to my mum, I was about 15, and she said, well, what are you going to do when you get older, Jill? I said, I'm going to win an Oscar by the age of 15. That's a good, that's, that's realistic. She went, acting? You never said you like acting. I said, I'm going to be an actress when I, when I get older. And I just feel like the weird thing is, is um, I did an acting class last week uh, with a casting director called Emma Crompton. Mm -hmm. I recognise that. Yeah, she, um, she casts all kinds of stuff. And I've always had a disconnect with my acting. I've always looked at a script and I'm going, how, how do you make this sound like a real person? And I don't know why none of my acting techniques ever kicked in. They never like, it never be like, okay, you go, you do this, you do this, you do, you know how some people can just break down a script. Mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine, Witten, she's an actress, she went to Lambda and um, she just has this unique ability to just be like, oh, well, it's obviously you're reading a police report. I'm like, how, how, how where do you find that? And it's so obvious. Anyway, I did one of her classes and she said, okay, Jill, she said, that scene was great but you're a very heightened actor. She said, I need you to really research how to bring the realism to it. I said, okay, all right. And I, it was for the, the longest time, I've always looked at actors like Olivia Coleman, Kate Winslet, yeah. the actresses, uh, Vanessa Kirby, who can act so small, how to keep it really tight 
they barely move on camera. And I'm like, that's it. That's the connection. And I think it's purely, I have to get rid of the theatre from my brain. Yeah. Introduce the TV and film, which is like night and day. Yeah. Even voiceover for me is I have to stop being this announcer and be more conversational. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a, a self-tape for a feature film when I was out in LA and it just so happened to be a friend of mine that was the, um, the and I believe he's the director, another guy wrote it and I sent in a self-tape and she's got a Indiana accent and I did this self-tape and then I had, and it was months ago and he said, oh, uh, we're, you know, we're going to take our time casting this role because it's a lot, it's a big budget for us. I said, okay, fine. And I want this role. Then I had this class with Emma and she was like, I want you to go away and I want you to research this, this, this and this. So for a whole week, I've been buried. And my mum has been like, Jill, you've got to shut up. I've been buried in this naturalism style acting. Mm-hmm. How to lift the script. And I know a lot of people listening will be like, shouldn't you know that by now? Yes, yes, I absolutely should know. But, but for some reason... You're still learning. Everyone's still learning. Yeah, it just never right. really... It just never clicked with me. I'm so used to going, okay, everyone, let's warm up. Like, my job as a trainer is being very outgoing, very, like, motivational. So for me to be like this in front of a camera feels incredibly unnatural. Anyway, I've been immersed in this naturalism. And then I said to the director of this film, I said, would you mind if I resubmit my tape? And it's totally different. It's 100% a real breathing, living person that I didn't see the first time round because I was trying to talk to the back row, but now it's very, a little bit gritty, impoverished, and I want that goddamn role. (laughs) I want it so bad. And she speaks with an accent, so she speaks a bit down here, but she's not. But for me, everyone's like, oh, you sound like a cowgirl. I'm like, but that's how she sounds yeah but so yeah I'm going to resubmit it with this new found good like it's a weird transition I feel like I've had to wait this whole time in order to find like if I was an artist to find what medium I need to use to best express it yeah and it's a very peculiar time for me well, it's interesting too because there are so many techniques out there. They're all very similar, and they can be very yeah. similar, but they also can be so fucking different. Um, yeah. I feel like you just have to find the one that connects and resonates with you. And I feel like you know I'm 42 in July, and I feel like I've spent this whole time searching for it. And it just took one person to go. So, this is the direction I feel like you need to go in. Mm-hmm. And you really enjoy that type of acting. She said, you're very Bridgerton. She said, but that doesn't really work for British television right now. She said, you need to be a little bit more Sean Dooley. She said, everything is kind of under your breath and very low, and very quiet. She's like, and I want you to go away and practice and learn. And it's just opened my eyes to this whole new um, view of a script. It's very odd. It's... um. It's funny because uh, I had somebody else on the show and they were talking about like acting and how it, they love being other characters, but then they're like, actually, I'm just being myself, completely stripped back. Yeah. Like, and it's so vulnerable. 
and it's so raw and it's yeah. really scary because there's so much stuff you have to do and you're like oh fuck and some people get it really early on in their careers I feel like some people get their they get how to channel it they can plug it in it's just taken me a long long time and I feel like I'm really looking forward to starting. I've just started new classes with um, mixing networks and uh, act for T act for TV. I think it's good act for TV, and they're just it's just just a way to just get a script, cold read, and just try to figure it out really quickly. Yeah. Find your characters really like instantaneously. And then Emma also has, she has something called the casting feed. And on the casting feed on Instagram, she gives you her checklist. Mm -hmm. You know, who are you? Where are you? What do you want? Yeah. What's your relationship? How do you want? It so, sounds so stupid as an actor. And, you know, I played Macbeth for three months. Like, I should know all this. She said, how do you want the other person to receive what you're saying? And I just stared at her blankly. I was like, what? She said, well, if you're, you know, you, you know, give us a, tra a transitive verb. Is it, is it guilt? Is it, you know, sorrow? Is it, you know, an apology? What do you want? And I was like, oh my fucking God. And maybe I just took too long off from like the nitty gritty of acting, from finding like. I'm going to give you some stuff for me when we stop. Or like when we're done, I'm gonna just like some book recommendations and some yes, pigments. anything. Yeah. And my mum was like, "Oh, why is it taking you this long to come to this kind of awakening?" I said, "It's almost like when people go, oh, I used to work out when I was a teenager. I'm sure I can still do pull-ups.' Yeah. If you don't continue flexing those muscles and getting in the gym and working on your cardio, you have to go back to the beginning. Remind your body how it's done." And maybe things have changed since the last time you did it. Yeah. And I, I feel, feel I I feel like you need to stop being so hard on yourself. Because this is the other thing about acting as well, is I know people who've started later and they're just like starting from scratch. That's and how I feel. Yeah. So so that's how you feel. I mean, that's not where you're coming from because you've already started stuff. But if that's how you feel right now, then that's how you feel. And yeah. if you're starting from scratch start from scratch fucking start yeah. and it's yeah. that's totally fine and I feel like you have to know that that is okay yeah and I feel I feel like there's an embarrassment to admit to everybody especially like whoever listens to this podcast it's like oh she's been doing it for a long time and she's at this but I'm okay with that I don't because think it's embarrassing at all I think it's actually I, more inspiring I think if you're if you're not okay with being vulnerable and being somebody that isn't a know-it-all you're okay being like if when people come to me and they go you know what I really want to run a marathon I'm like have you ever run before and they're like um I jog a little bit I'm like okay so great I'm going to show you how to use your feet properly in order to run you know 26 miles and if you're okay with accepting like lessons and advice and experiences all I can do is go on this little, because this is my, like you and I have this dream of being on set every day, of being a working actor. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to be a shit working actor. Yeah. I want to be a good working actor. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be a good actor. I want to be a great actor that can do role after role after role. A bit like the great Kate, who is my 
Idol. Which one? When's it? Blanchett? Blanchett. And actually in Blanchett, both of them. I've just finished watching uh, Mayor of Easttown. Oh my God, stop it. I love it. Oh, so good. I mean, it literally blew me. And I said to mum, I said to mum, I was like, watch how little she does. Just watch how small she is. Yeah. And she has these tiny little moves and you there's so much in it. Yeah. She's just there's power you know, in being still, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she's she's just phenomenal. And the writing is great, the cinematography is great, the colouring is great, the whole thing. Yeah, the whole show, honestly, I was just like, oh, I need to rewatch it from the beginning now, actually. Oh yeah, I'm definitely I mean we only finished it yesterday, but we binged it in like three days. Yeah, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Jill. Thank you for having me. I always sound so such a tip when I, I say that all the time. I'm like, thanks for coming on, guys. Um, no. I'm like, thanks for coming on. Anyway, <laughs> um, but thank you. It was such a pleasure. Thank um, you for having me. And once again, you can follow Jill Penfold at Jill Penfold on Twitter and Instagram. Jill, it was such an honor to have you on. I'm so sorry you've had those experiences. We've all had some type of negative experience in our past, but just the way we handle things and I just honestly I'm so happy that you're back in performing acting you're going to find your feet it's you're going to be amazing I'm really excited to see what you're going to be doing in the future because I just I just hate what happened to you anyway you're going to be great and I'm very excited guys big each other up when you can because we're all fucking fragile because, and like I said in the intro, don't be fucking dicks. Support each other. That's it. The end. This is the end of the episode. Thanks, Poe the Passenger. Bye. So sick of the sweet talk.